everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotero. Thanks for stopping by on this Monday, June 14th. We are starting up another week, another eventful weekend in the books. Hope you guys had a great one. Boy, it's hot out there. It is hot. Uh, In case uh, we hadn't realized it, summertime is officially here. And uh, boy, it is uh, it is very steamy out there in Houston, Texas. Uh, hopefully, we get a little bit of rain this week. I'm one that doesn't like the rain at all, but man, we need to cool some things off, man, because it is really hot. I did a workout this morning, and I uh, looked at my Apple Watch. I had burned like 850 calories, and uh, man, I'm telling you what, it was it was hot. It was a hot one. So uh, hopefully, you guys had a great weekend, a cool weekend. Uh, we did have some nice weather overall, although it being uh, a little steamy out there, but uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by this podcast. As I mentioned last week, we're going to try to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday formats here in the podcast. Today, we're going to recap the weekend. And also, I have a really cool interview with uh, with a Rice standout track star. She was excellent over the weekend at the NCAA Outdoor Championships. Michelle Focum, a triple jumper for the Rice Owls. She is a four-time All-American. She's a 10-time conference champion. She came in third place nationally. Um, and she qualified for the Olympic trials. She's going to be competing in that this weekend in the triple jump. Hopefully she, uh, she gets to don the red, white, and blue in Tokyo. She feels pretty confident about that, but she's my guest today. So I talked to her about what it was like to compete, uh, at the, uh, outdoor, uh, championships to hit her career mark, her best career mark of a 14 meters, 14.04 meters to be exact. So she was fantastic. And I've got that interview today here on the podcast. Also this weekend, it was kind of cool, but before we get into other stuff, sorry, I always like to do it. Uh, Go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, What are you waiting for? I had some good stuff last week. Brian Peters was a guest. Uh, We had uh, Jessica Aguilar. She was a guest MMA fighter. Her story's still coming up on uh, KHOU here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I'm trying to get Vernon Maxwell. I've been trying to get him for a couple of weeks. I know he's been doing a couple of interviews around the country He's been hitting the circuit, the podcast circuit, so hopefully he'll stop by mine. So I'm trying to lock him down. I think it would be great to talk to Mad Max to see uh, his thoughts on uh, the NBA playoffs and just life overall. Man, you see him a lot more. He's very active on social media, so that's a guess that I'm trying to nail down. But today we have Michelle, and who knows what we'll have the rest of the week. This weekend was really cool in the fact that you know, here in Katy, we had the wakeboarding tour, the professional wakeboard tour roll through. Although it was pretty hot, I took my son out there. We uh, we enjoyed some of these awesome athletes. If you haven't seen the story that I aired on those guys, uh, go ahead and check my Twitter page, at DTGoTeraKHOU. Uh, I posted that story on there. Those guys are awesome. It really felt like summer out on the lake, had some people in the water hanging out. Too bad it was so freaking hot. But uh, those guys are spectacular. The, the amount of tricks that they're able to do is, uh, is pretty great. So the weekend overall, from my perspective, was fun. We got to do a little bit of wakeboarding. Um, saw some baseball on TV. How about those Astros, huh? The Astros have really started to play some good baseball. Ever, ever since that weekend series in San Diego where the bullpen gave up so many runs, I, I lost count. Um, and Fernando Tatis's home run that I, I I think just landed yesterday. I think it just landed over here in Fulcher yesterday. Uh, but ever since that series, the Astros have been fantastic. They've been getting some good starting pitching. Framber Valdez has been outstanding. And um, 
they're starting to starting to get a little bit of momentum. They've won. They won a series against Boston. They won a series against Toronto. They won another series against Boston. They beat the Twins. Like that's what one, two, three, four series in a row they've won. This week they play Texas, and then I think their their biggest test comes this weekend. And if they if they get over the White Sox. Uh, who are coming to town for Father's Day weekend. I will be at the first game on Thursday, so if you are in attendance and you see me walking around with a White Sox shirt, my son's going to have a White Sox hat on, my dad's going to have a White Sox shirt. We are going to be decked out in uh, black and white. That's my team. Sorry, Astros fans. So uh, this weekend, I'm not going to be pulling for the Astros. It's definitely White Sox all the way, but we're going to be going to a game on Thursday. It's the first game we've gone to in years especially since all this COVID stuff happened. I got my first vaccine. My dad's vaccinated. Uh, my son doesn't need one. Uh, but we're going to have a good time. Uh, so if you see me walking around, don't hesitate to say hello. Go ahead and uh, say hi to me. And uh, I'm not sure we're going to be sitting yet, but I'm going to be there uh, at Minute Maid Park on Thursday night. So White Sox-Astros, huge series. But, uh, no, really, if you think about it, if if the Astros are able to get over the White Sox, let's say they, they even split a series against the Sox, who are playing some really good baseball. Them and the Rays lead the pack in the American League. And by the way, those two teams play each other the first three days of this week. So uh, I'm going to be uh, watching some good baseball this weekend and this week. But if the Astros get over the White Sox, even if they pull a split, if they win the series, after that, the Astros have a really easy schedule for the next couple of weeks. They play Baltimore. They play Detroit. They play Baltimore again. I mean, those teams are terrible. Um, and they could put some some pretty good win streaks together here in the next couple of weeks. The offense is clicking on all cylinders, firing on all cylinders, however the phrase goes. And uh, Michael Brantley's hitting the ball well. He looks healthy again. Jordan's hitting the ball out of the park. Kyle Tucker's driving him in. But, I mean, I, I they, they look great. The, the one true test is the Astros have not seen very good pitching, right? So the White Sox do offer them some good pitching. The White Sox have two guys that lead the league in ERA. Uh, so that is going to be the best pitching the Astros have seen in the last three weeks from the White Sox. So it'll be a, a really true test for both teams, especially the Astros, to see if, if how they match up with some really good pitching. And uh, I think that series is going to be phenomenal. Uh, I think it's going to be a lively ballpark. Father's Day weekend, there should be some really good crowds. And uh, I will be there on Thursday cheering on the White Sox. And uh, as they're having the best season since, oof, this is the this is the best season the White Sox have had since 2005 when they won the whole thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun, fun baseball this week. And uh, I will be out there with my son. Not going to be able to stay for the whole game because he's got to get up and go to summer school or whatever they call it the next day. But uh, it's going to be a good time. So hopefully there is some good baseball from my perspective. I hope the visitors win all four. But uh, I think the Astros are going to be tested for sure. Uh, that week because of the pitching that they're going to be facing. We know the Astros' offense is going to be good, but that pitching the White Sox have to offer this year is dynamic. It's lights out. Uh, they've got a great closer in Liam Hendricks. Hendricks. So uh, I think if the Astros can get to them, I think that's going to be a huge momentum boost going into probably the weakest part of their schedule, and they can hopefully get a little bit, mo bit of momentum, jump over the A's in the West, and then kind of – put together a nice little win streak. So that's what's going on with the Astros. Nice to see some good baseball. Thank goodness they're giving us something to cheer about here in Houston, professional sports. Uh, the other the other story that really caught my attention before we get to Michelle's interview is, uh, is the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, man, I tell you what, Chris Paul is incredible. 
And I'm not watching the NBA playoffs that much uh, because, I mean, there, there's really no point to it. But I I am rooting for the Phoenix Suns. Like, I, I, I want the Suns to win. I want the Suns to win the whole thing because Chris Paul, what he's done with that organization has has revitalized it. They had some young talent there, right? Devin Booker, a couple other nice young pieces. They needed a veteran leader. And they got Chris Paul. They traded for him. And he has been sensational. And he's playing like he did in 2018 before he got hurt. And I think it's just for him. And I I don't know if he's, he's going to say it publicly, just come out and say it. But this is a validation for him. And I... You know, the Rockets gave up on him because they trusted the wrong guy. They believed in the wrong guy and James Harden. Um, and, it, by the way, imagine being a, someone like James Harden, the, the type of player that he is, but not wanting to play or not getting along with Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul has been in so many teams. He's such a, a respected veteran in the league. I mean, the guys had to work really hard, gone through Wake Forest. I mean, he was never, like, you know, some sensational talent or whatever, but he was just a, a solid basketball player. And what he's able to do out there on the court, the mid-range jumper, able to get everybody involved. Imagine being James Harden and saying, mm, you know what, I don't want to play with him anymore. Let's get rid of him and bring in Russell Westbrook, who is a great player, but does not have the attributes that a Chris Paul has. And at 36 years old, Paul's still playing great basketball. I know he wants to win a championship. He's got a great shot. The whole NBA is, is is wide open. The Nets are injured. Harden's hurt. Uh, Kyrie Irving went down. I mean, the, the the whole NBA playoff picture is wide open, which is I think is good for the league. You don't have the same guys over and over again. So why not Phoenix? So I, I'm rooting for those guys, um, and I, I think it'll be great for Chris Paul to win a championship uh, because um, he's done so much for the game, and he, he's, he was always a class act here in Houston. And uh, I think it would be really cool. So I'm definitely rooting for Chris Paul. Somebody asked me the other day, are you rooting for James Harden? I obviously don't want him to get hurt, but I, I don't think I can root for James Harden. I, I just I just can't do that, especially with what he did this year to the team and and all that. I I just can't do it. But Chris Paul is one guy I can root for. P.J. Tucker is another one, although he kind of somewhat quit on the uh, Rockets too. He's in a good situation now with the Bucks. Clint Capella as well. So they're, they're still out there, Those uh, that core group that was here that helped the Rockets get so close, but uh, Chris Paul is definitely one I am rooting for. Okay, now my interview with uh, with uh, Michelle Focum. Michelle Focum, a triple jumper for Rice. She's from Katy Seven Lakes High School. I won't hold that against her, given that I went to Cinco Ranch, but um, she was great, great personality, an amazing athlete, very talented. But I, I think she just uh, she's very grounded in what she's done, and you'll hear her uh, talk about the experience up at the Outdoor Championships in Oregon. She's staying up there in uh, Eugene to train for the Olympic Trials, which are coming up this weekend. She's aiming to get on that team. It's going to be difficult. She has a little bit more to get to the Olympic mark, and apparently, as, as she explains, you have to hit that Olympic mark to qualify for the Olympics. They take the top three, allegedly top three, uh, to Tokyo. So she's right there. She's so close. And um, she finished third this week at the uh, this week past weekend at the outdoor championships, and she talks about how much pride it was to do that while uh, attending a school like Rice. So great conversation with Michelle. I'm rooting for her. I think after you listen to her today, you'll root for her too. Well, congratulations are in order uh, for you. What, can you kind of just describe what this uh, weekend was like? 
Um, it was a really great weekend. So went to the NCAA championships in Eugene and I got there quite a little bit early. So went there Monday. Um, I think one of the beautiful things about this track meet is you get to see the best athletes in the NCAA. So I didn't compete until Saturday. And so in that given time, I was given a lot of chances to see some of the best athletes in the country compete. And even more importantly, I got to see Tara and Grace compete at the highest level. So what I spent my time doing, I would go to practice. Um, so luckily before I got to compete, I got to train at the U of O track Hayward field. Um, and that was really nice. Um, and then the days whenever I was off, um, so like Thursday, I got to watch um, Tara throw the hammer in the morning. And then after that, I watched Grace in the evening. But a lot of what I spent my time doing was like truly preparing myself for the meet. I think one thing, um, it was a long time from Monday to Saturday, but like every single day, it was like me preparing myself to get my mind focused. At 3.20 every day, I was like, okay, this is the time you are going to compete. You are going to be on the runway. And so that's a big thing I did for my preparation, just knowing that, like, this is the time. You need to get your mind focused and ready at that time. And also throughout the whole week, just feeding myself, you know, um, motivational quotes, um, the confidence that I need, um, really anything out there, just to prepare myself. And it's probably not as glamorous as you think. I didn't really do anything too special, right? But like whatever my mind needed and whatever my body needed, that's what I spent the whole time I was in Eugene doing. Well, it seemed to have worked out for you. Uh, whatever <laughs> you did, it worked out. Um, so what was the motivational quote that really got you going? I'm sure there were several, but is there one that really stands out to you that um, pushed you there towards the end? So really the one thing I was thinking about, which is something I've actually been saying since my freshman year is last one, best one. And truly I changed that this year to last one, best, best execution. Um, and so that started in the weight room with my old coach Fumi, who is also, who, who um, is an Olympian or was an Olympian. Um, and she would always say that like, it's your last rep, it's your best rep. And so I was thinking the whole week, I was like, it's your last nationals competition. This is going to be your best one and you are going to have the best execution. So I thought about that the whole time. That was my main quote, my main focus. You lived up to it because yeah. this was your, uh, your best mark, right? Um, yeah. what, what, was, what was the feeling like when you get to Saturday? You've done this whole week long preparation, mind mm -hmm. adjustment, the whole thing that you were doing. And yeah. uh, you finally are in position to compete what, what what was going through your mind there you'd done this you'd done this before you've done this so many times but I mean when you go into it thinking okay last one best rap I mean this is this is what you built your whole time through so kind of taking yeah. the mindset that uh, that that Saturday so though I did have that mindset of last one best one I also told myself this is just another competition um, because just just because it is like NCAA championship doesn't take away from the track fact that it's a track meet and I've been doing that since I want to say March but really since I was in the seventh grade and so it's something that I'm used to I need to look at it the exact same way but with a different mentality which is where that like last one best execution came from 
How does, well, I guess we'll talk about Saturday in a little bit, but how does one get so heavily involved and just kind of fall for the triple jump? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I, if I jump over a couple of ropes, I, I'm, uh, I, I may fall. Like, but how, how do you, how, how did you fall in love with this particular event? <laughs> the fact that you've kind of mastered it to this point. Do you yeah. love it? And now it's just kind of routine. Like, what, <laughs> what? I know you're laughing. You're laughing. So I don't even know if that's the right way to form the question. But obviously, you, you've dedicated your, your whole time to this event. And you've done so well to yeah. it. And uh, why, why this event in particular? So I definitely love the triple jump. I'm going to start right there. Um, <laughs> but what got me started, this is a story I love to tell. My coach Lance. So I went to Beckendorf Junior High. Um, I'm from Katy. Um, and whenever you start track or do sports in the seventh grade, you kind of get to pick where you want to go. And so I was like, I'm going to the hurdles. No one could stop me, but that wasn't true. Little did I know my high school, my junior high coach, Coach Lance, um, she <laughs> she came up to me whenever I said I wanted to go to hurdles, and she was like, No, Michelle get your butt over to the jumps. Um, and I just think about that. I'm like, I really could have done something completely different, but like Coach Lance saw something in me and she was like, this is where you need to be. And she kept telling me like, Michelle, like you are a jumper. Like I see it in you, you're a jumper. You need to be a jumper. And that's where it all started. So I have to give a big shout out, big thank you to Coach Lance for getting me started and really helping me, you know, like with the commencement of a career that has gone so far um and so i did it i was pretty good at it i kept continuing it it is a lot more intricate than any other um event because of the hop step jump like that's not something natural that our body does but because i kept continuing and like i became you know a learner of the sport like i wanted to get more and more knowledge on my event as a triple jump and like i just got deeper into it deeper into it I wouldn't say that I really fell in love with the triple jump until my freshman year of college. Um, oh, is that right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It took, it took me a while, right? I don't think one thing is I played basketball, so I was very into basketball, but I also wasn't necessarily too confident in my skills as a track athlete until I came to Rice and, you know, Coach Bevan as my one, the head coach and also my direct coach, he poured a lot into me. And I started to see that like, yes, I'm good at this, but I can be great at this. And he has been feeding that mentality into me since I was a freshman for the last five years. And what he's done and like the work I've put in and like the support from my team and all the people around me, it's all paid off for this moment. So what do you think about when you kind of reminisce back to your first ever triple jump? <laughs> uh, back in middle school I'm sure they weren't as pretty as they are now but uh what, what, what were those first ones like honestly I don't remember oh okay that might <laughs> be actually, for the best <laughs> yeah no I watched a video for me in high school triple jumping I just want to <laughs> I want to thank all the all, coach Bevan a lot because y'all the triple jump would not look as pretty without him. Um, so, but I, what I do remember, um, I had no type of form, but I just tried to stick my legs out as far as I could. That was the goal. Try to get as far as you can. And truly at the end of the day, that is the goal. But when you get to a more elite level, you know, the form is very important. And so I'm happy that Coach Bev and I have worked on it because if I showed y'all that video from high school, it would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. <laughs> 
Well, it looks great now. So then when, as you're going through the competition at one point, I think uh, Joe, your uh, athletic director, Joe Cargard, tweeted yeah. out a picture of you're in first place. Um, yeah. And you're at the top of the leaderboard. What was that feeling like when you, you hit your mark, your best mark, and you're on the top of the leaderboard? And you're like, oh, my gosh, this, this, is, this is what I worked so hard to do. Mm-hmm. So being there, first off, whenever that mark popped up, I got at the pit. I was like, okay, that was pretty good. Did not expect it to be so great. Seeing my name up there at the top, that's something that I've wanted for so long. And when I saw it, I was like, all right, you've wanted this, you got it, sustain it, do better. Get another PB. Um, I knew yeah, it you was- should have taken a little bit of time to enjoy. Just, just take like about like two minutes <laughs> to kind of enjoy. I think, I think this is exactly what happened. It took a while for the mark to get on the board. I went to go talk to Coach Bevan across the track. We we're waiting, we we're looking. I jumped up and I was like, oh my goodness, I just jumped 1404. I said, 14 meters. And he was like, whoa, high five. We went back to business and Coach Bevan was like, okay, for the next jump, this is what we're gonna do. It yeah. was like, when, you're, when you are competing, yeah. like, I don't, for me, I am a pretty emotional jumper. You guys can, I bet you guys can see when I come out the pit, whenever I'm like, cheering myself on and cheering other people on as well but like I know that I need to be focused so whenever coach Bevan was like okay let's get back this is what you need to do for the next jump I was like all right we're gonna stay serious we're gonna stay focused and that's what I wanted to do I wanted to keep that focus because that's what got me that 14 meter jump to begin with four-time all-american 10-time conference champion I mean your resume is awesome um why do, why do you feel about what you accomplished at Rice? I know there's a lot more to go, and we'll, we'll talk about the next step here in a second, but what, what you did yeah. at Rice is pretty remarkable. Um, first off, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I think that what I did is not only me. Um, I don't think that I would have been able to accomplish this without my coaching staff, the two different coaching staffs that I've had while I've been at Rice. Rice Athletics as a department, just like having a support system, not only athletically, because that's mostly what my coaches do, but like academically and then like socially and like personal, personal and professional development and just having people there like building me up and then getting that confidence, you know, on the track. Um, And then like, got to thank my family and my parents for being there. Like my dad comes to every single meet. And honestly, I think he is like the secret sauce. Like he is the he's the reason why I jump so well sometimes. And so I really have to. Well, he better keep coming because you've got some big ones coming up. <laughs> oh, no, he will definitely be there. I think my dad might take off of work just to come see me. Yes, please, um, dad, take off of work because uh, <laughs> this is this is a big one coming up. So um, but I don't know. One thing for me that's really big is I came back to Rice for my fifth year because I wanted to represent Rice at the highest level. Um, after doing all those things, you know, it was great, but like there's still so much more that I wanted to give to the to the Rice Athletics community. Um, and so doing what I did this weekend, um, it makes me happy to know that I accomplished exactly what I wanted to. So shout out to my Rice fam. Rice fight never dies. <laughs> I, you know, it might be cliche, um, yeah. and you probably hear it a lot uh, when it comes to, you know, coming from Rice and competing at such a high level, but it's got to be pretty cool for you to see that Rice name next to you. Yes. Um, you, you, I mean, you see a lot of the Power 5 schools. I mean, whatever, it's fine. I mean, track, mm-hmm. I think, is getting to the point where it's kind of gone beyond the Power 5, and you see yeah. so many more schools be so successful, um, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, it's still pretty neat that you get to represent rice in a way that you see that old English R right next to you ahead of everybody else that these, these other programs that a lot of people maybe look at. Yeah. So one thing that I always keep in mind, like people kind of disregard mid, mid-major schools like Rice. But if you look at the meet, there are a lot of mid-major schools and athletes who were in the top 30 who won. Like there's a girl from Air Force. There are a lot of Houston schools that were there that are not power five. Yeah. Rice, we showed out three All-Americans. Um, and I think we need to recognize that like, tr- like you said, track is widening out. Like People are great everywhere. Coaches are developing great athletes no matter where they are. Um, And as for Rice, we see that happening right in front of us on the track team. And going back to the old English R, I have to say that like seeing that, because that's one of the things that really attracted me to Rice. I was like, okay, we have a pretty nice logo. I was a a senior in high school, you know. Um, (laughs) um, And my freshman year, we wore a white uniform with the old English R. And I remember my coach who was a Rice alum, she told us that like wearing that R, it's not only about you, it's about the people before you, it's about the athletes before you, the students before you, and it should mean a lot. And so whenever I have that R on, which is my favorite blue uniform with the old English R, I think about all those people and like that it's so much more than me, it's about all the other people who are Rice alums. A lot of the track and field alums who are still communicating with me today, I have to shout out Claire Shorrell because she has been one person who has definitely been there for me and has supported me all throughout. I do it for her, I do it for Lenny, I do it for so many other women. And that's what that old English R is about. And it's also about creating something great for a new generation. So I hope I've been able to inspire people and people see that old English R and they think, maybe someday they'll think about me too. That's pretty awesome. I, 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 I know that's cool. Yeah, I, I come from Northwestern. I graduated from Northwestern. So, yeah. it's a, you know, I, that may be, you know, maybe in the power five class, classification, but, you know, every time mm-hmm. you see the N, the, the block, yeah. N, it's kind of the same, the same feeling. So you've worn blue, but I know you want to add a couple of other colors to your uh, uniform <laughs> next time around, yeah. uh, the red and the white. Uh, big time Olympic trials coming up. Um, mm-hmm. What's that going to be like? For you and what is it going to take for you to to uh, get what you want to get out of this yeah so it's going to be just like any other meet i'm going to look at it exactly the same i'm going to do the same exact things just because it's a bigger meet doesn't change what i'm going to do to prepare myself because seemingly everything that i've done has been working for me and i just want to keep that going and grow on that um but i know that it's going to be a challenge um because everyone's everyone's going for this same thing we're all fighting for a spot um but i'm gonna go in that mentality i'm gonna go in there confidently because i know what i have i know that i have it in me and i'm very confident in myself um and i also just having coach bevin and coach hill by my side as a great coaching staff um i know that you know we can all put it together and we can make it happen um what it's gonna it's going to take as a mark, I know what it's going to take, but I think what's more important is the actual mentality that I have whenever I step on that runway and the confidence that I need to get it going. 
So uh, what is, how many, how many do they take? Is it alternates? How does it work for the triple jumps? Excuse my ignorance, because I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's, it's different for every event, but um, how does it work for your particular event? And what, what is that, Mar? What do you think you have to hit? And how many go to Tokyo? And like, kind of tell me what goes into the selection process a little bit here. So um, the top three are taken. Um, however, you do have to hit the Olympic standard um, to go to the Olympics. So that standard is 14 meters, 14.32 meters. Um, and I have to be in the top three. So right now I'm in a pretty good position to get there. I think that no matter what, it'll be a fight and I'm ready for the competition. Um, I'm ready to go. And I know that, you know, I want to come home satisfied knowing that I executed, I was confident and I did everything I needed to put all the effort in, um, to make my dreams come true. Awesome. Well, good luck to you. By the way, what did you study at Rice? What did you, uh, um, so after I, all this is said and done, what are you going to, what do you want to do? Wow. So um, that's something that I think about often. I feel like I, I got a degree in psychology. However, I've really been interested in like educational policy and policy in general. Um, so I did do a fifth year and I did a post-bac and I focused on um, sociology and I did two classes in education, also in race, but also I worked on social policy where I focused a lot of my policy in education. So I'm definitely going to be going somewhere down that route. Awesome. Well, good luck to you. And, and you know, talk about psychology. I just did an interview with uh, Brian Peters, uh, former Texans linebacker. Uh, he was talking, yeah, he's, he, so now he's, he still wants to be in the league, but uh, yeah. I think you should probably check check him out because he works for this MindStrong project. I don't know if you've heard of okay. MindStrong project. Yeah, and so he basically, it, he and this group are like teaching themselves how to breathe better and it's the psychology mm -hmm. of preparing your body in a different way and to prepare mm -hmm. your, it's actually really cool. I mean, for me, it was just some some amateur trying not to pass out while working out. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was actually fascinating, uh, but I, I think you should check it out because I think you may, you may enjoy it. I thought it was pretty pretty fascinating thank you yeah i'll definitely check him out brian peters brian peters and it's called okay. the mind strong project i believe okay yeah 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 i'm working on a project that's quite similar it's called epog academy the enjoyable pain of growth um something that was started by actually a rice basketball player he's an alum we graduated the same year and what we focus on is serving um um, underserved youth and we do this through personal development and one-on-one -on -one coaching um, and so what we want to do is we want to create the next generation of leaders through personal development and coaching one-on-one -on -one. Um, and so like if you guys like one thing that's very important to me education as a whole is super important to me which is why I want to go into educational policy yeah but I think what Tim is doing right now in EPOG Academy and Gregory as well which is his co-founder is so important because they are helping create leaders where many people are not seem to be leaders, but they're building them up so that we have a solid generation. And he's doing this through psychology, which is the connection I wanted to make. So we were oh, both yeah. psychology majors um, and we were doing, we are doing this um, through a lot of research that we found in our classes and also new psychology research and how to impact coaching and also the best modes for education and such. I think it's, I think that's awesome. I think it's great when you guys, you know, different athletes from college just kind of branch out and do different things, yeah. just kind of create your own paths. Not because mm. I know it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing when you're done competing. I mean, what next? And especially right. people that get to the professional level Olympics, um, yeah. they're always kind of wondering what's next. And I think it's really cool that you kind of, 
you know, establish this, this path that you yeah. have to, you have to go on. I think that's awesome. So good luck to you, Michelle. Thank it's been you. a pleasure talking to you and uh, best of luck, man. Go, go to Tokyo. That's going to be great. Thank you. First off, I want to say, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me, everyone in Houston. Thank you so much for supporting me, especially my hometown, Katie. I've had a lot of love and support from you guys and I really appreciate it so much. Um, I hope that, you know, we come out, we come out strong and we come out exactly with what, you know, I want. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that I get to continue to represent Rice and I get to represent the whole city of Houston and the metro area. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, Michelle. Rice, by the way, had uh, three All-Americans this weekend. We had uh, some more All-Americans at U of H. Man, I'm telling you, we talked about it with Leroy Burrell a couple of weeks ago. If there's one area in the country where you're going to find top track and field athletes, it's Houston, Texas. Southeast Texas. I mean, it's always been that way, going back years and years and years. Um, just talent across the board. And I'm glad that track and field is kind of opening up a little bit, seeing some of these other schools get the talent that um, that's maybe traditionally some other of the Power 5 schools would be getting. But now they're, it's kind of spreading the wealth a little bit. I think a lot of these athletes are realizing, you know what, as long as I've got a great coach, man, I could do anything that I want. Michelle's total proof of that. Uh, the coaching staff at Rice has really helped her tremendously. There's some good people over there at Rice. So uh, best of luck to Michelle, and I hope she gets it done. I hope she adds that red and the white to the blue that she's been wearing already and uh, ditches the old English R for uh, the USA, at least at least for this summer. I know she's always going to be wearing that uh, R with pride, though. Anyway, hey, that was episode 62 of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I will be back on Wednesday with some more. I don't know what yet, but I'm sure I'll have something for you guys. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. Go check out some of the other episodes. And until next time, see you later.